All right, here with Daniel. Quick reaction to the Mason Mount transfer, which has been agreed at £55 million and some extras. Not sure what the extras are about exactly. Initial reactions, Daniel? It's underwhelming, isn't it? I, I like Mason Mount. I think he's a good player. He's one of those players I'd always admired but never hankered after. Yeah, it's hard to get really excited about it because it's not very transformational, is it? You kind of know what he's going to give you. And well, and it's not going to be tons of output. It's not going to be Bruno levels of goals and assists or anything like that. But he's a player that every manager he's played for seems to really love. They love it, yeah, because he's coachable. He does what he's told. And that is necessary, but also feels like should probably be the bottom level of expectation. What I've said this, I'm sure I've said this before, but in order to compete with City, which ultimately, sadly, is what we have to try and do, you either you need to be able to be beaten physically, he's not going to do that, or you need to be able to out-individual moment them, not sure he's going to do that either. So, And he's definitely not going to out-physical them. So it's, it's kind of... I think that what we're seeing that's interesting is that Ten Hag, it now seems like he wants to sign a goalkeeper and Matt, and, and he's obviously signing Matt, that midfield player. And those are players. So if you gave me control over who United bought this summer, I'd want those things. But if you offer me a midfield player, I even though Mount is being bought probably as a first-team player, like Casemiro, Bruno, Mount, I imagine is yeah. the first-choice midfield, I would still probably be looking for someone who can play with Casemiro and also instead of Casemiro as my main midfield signing because yeah. the idea that we're a Casemiro injury suspension or away from, from disaster, who yeah. even knows what, yeah. I can't have another season of that. So I would have gone for Caicedo for yeah. a little bit of extra money first, even though for the style that Ten Hag wants to play, Mount is probably a more important player. And I just, I don't know what the style of play is going to be until we know we can't see it because Mount, he, Mount Bruno Casemiro doesn't seem like a midfield that's going to outpass the other good midfields. No, it doesn't. And I mean, it kind of depends on, I mean, if you look at all the Mount's data, it's, it is very underwhelming. And the question for me, like, it is is always with him where you're going to play him. And it, it seems like logically that he's going to play at eight for United. And and there's barely he's barely ever actually played there in his career. I mean, he's really been pushed further forward and, and where he looks particularly underwhelming in comparison to his peers there. So at eight, pressing, wins the ball back, decent in transitions, passing range is okay, isn't it? And it feels like, I mean, it certainly feels like an upgrade, like more consistent than Fred's bigger range oh, of skills on. than McTominay. <laughs> so like that, there's an upgrade. Is that that's he's, something, he's, right? He's, he's a massive upgrade. It's just whether he's enough of an upgrade. And I think right. what he's also, what I like about Mount is I really like the mentality. Sure, we won't yeah, be yeah. complaining he doesn't run enough. We won't be complaining he hides in big games either. And I really like that about him. It's just, is he good enough at any particular thing? I right. don't know. There's also the point where we'll say, well, he's 24. He's going to be coached by someone who's picked him very specifically. So he must have a particular role in mind that he thinks he can play. So he's got a lot of room to improve and a manager who is good at improving players and understands how how the game works. So I do defer to Ten Hag's Ten expertise over mine. It's just I wouldn't have been going for that profile of player. That's what we have to call this shit now, isn't it? I wouldn't <laughs> be going for that profile of player. And if I was, 
I feel like I'd be trying to find someone I thought was a bit better than Mount, even though I think Mount is a good player. Yeah. But there's room for him to get better. I, I mean, I, get, I guess it does feel that like Chelsea are going to go spend that money on a, a probably a, a better all-round player in Caicedo. And is it the budget that's causing United to think this way? I mean, the, the, the other question for me is, is price, right? So I suppose 50, 60 million is kind of the going rate for an international, English international. It, it just kind of, it, it gives you pause, doesn't it? When he only had a year left, there was one bidder. The way of thinking about it is, were Chelsea ever going to effectively spend a million pounds a week to keep him at Chelsea for the next year? Like absolutely never, not not and ever. Also, he's ever, homegrown, ever. so he's so, homegrown, so he works nicely on the FFP sheet. Yeah, right. I mean, so they were always going to sell, and I know they've come to a compromise at fifty-five plus. I'm going to just assume I haven't seen the details. Assume sort of achievable targets on the extra five unless it's like united win the treble then you know okay fine we can probably discount that one as a small small chance but it's or another way of thinking about it is it's like 40 to 50 percent of united's budget pre-sales which is a hell of a lot to spunk when we almost certainly need a new goalkeeper and a new forward Um, but you can't i know you can't it is quite hard to get that player for very much less. Sure. The point yeah. The point is not, I don't think we overpaid for him. It's the budget, we're under budgeting. Yeah, or we've we're, overpaid we're... for a lot of players in recent years, which is, means United are yeah, butting up against that FFP limit. Yeah. You have to, the manager, they knew that the manager had decided we wanted him. They probably thought correctly that the manager didn't seem to have alternatives to him. He's a unique player now in what he offers. And yeah. So they thought that they could get the money. And ultimately, I don't care too much about it because what's the cheapest we could have got it for? Five million off, 10 million off? Yeah, yeah. Not something that's probably going to make a material difference to what we can do subsequently. And any transfer that works is worth whatever money you're lucky enough to pay for it. So whether he has money well spent, we will know based on what he does on the pitch, not based on what the number is. All, All very true, yeah. That he is a player that we'll be arguing about for years now that I mean he's, he's not going to give you those moments that excite fans and I mean like we all have our biases and one of the main biases with everyone but you know it seems particularly with football fans is is a bias towards those kind of pivotal moments and he's not going to provide many of those it's it, yeah so it, in big games he's not going to be dancing around four plays and banging one in the top corner he's going to be a seven out of ten player pretty much every week what if if United can get out of him, if Ten Hag can get out of him, what he provided last season or the season before last, depending on yeah. whether we has the season gone? Is that last yeah, season now? There is that one never existed. <laughs> so, so not twenty two, twenty three, twenty one, twenty two. His numbers were really good, and if United get that many goals and assists out of him, it's going to look like a good deal for United. I think. If it's, just, if it's three assists and two goals next season, I, we will be arguing about him for sure. But I think in general it's going to be because, as you said, like he's not a magician. And generally, if you're going to play, so if you've got a six and two eights, which is presumably how it's going to be, your eights generally you would expect them to be able to practice magic. And Bruno can, yeah. but Mount, Mount isn't exactly that. And I'm just trying to work out what 
how I, how I imagine Ten Hag wants them to play. And Bruno Casemiro mount is not a keeping the ball midfield, which makes me think the idea is not going to be to have long passing sequences so much as winning, you scavenge the ball high up the pitch. And Hoyland, if he's the centre forward, will be someone who'll also do that. And you try and control the game by controlling space, by basically making sure that the game takes place in your opponent's final third as much as possible. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and actually, and United were that. pretty good at that last season. So surprisingly, surprisingly good at forcing high turnovers. And, and Matt will add to that for sure. But yes, I, I don't think he's the kind of player that means United are going to be stringing together 15 of those sort of 10 passes or more sequences, you know, that all the, the nerds like to look at in possession-dominant teams, which is which is what Ten Hag had at Ajax. So I don't think we're there yet with that kind of... And maybe we could never get there with, with Bruno as a player, Bruno being so important in producing those pieces of magic, and we don't want to lose that, right? So Ten Hag's pragmatic enough that he's going to try and build a team that, that works for the players he's got. Other hand, also with Mount, uh, he is really intelligent player. So you would hope that if he's able to find that he's on the same wavelength as Bruno and Anthony, then I think we could see some really good, some really good like one touch, one two touch stuff around the edges of the box. And what Mount will give us is he's not afraid to shoot from twenty yards, and he know, and he also just picking passes. He's really good at picking those passes down sides or turning up on the flanks, also. So yeah, I, I, I totally, totally understand the transfer, but it's not one where I, it doesn't. It's not one that makes me think we're going to be a lot better because of it next season. Yeah, marginal gains. But if you stick a, stick a centre forward and a goalkeeper in there as well, it starts feel better. Yeah, something quite yeah. different. And what we see, what we can see, ten athletes. What presumably the goalkeepers that he wants are Onana and um, and Diego, Diego Costa, is that. The other way he's going to get around this midfield situation is by players at the back who can pass. Whether sure. it's him, Martinez, Shaw, players that can pick short passes and long passes, that means you can get the ball into midfield and then you'll move it, move it towards the final third quite quickly. And 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 with more variety as well. I mean, United were very dominant down the left-hand side in the, the last season. Incredibly so. I didn't really realise it. I mean, I guess you kind of see it with your eyes, of course, because Marcus Rashford was so important. But when you look at the 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 full data and all the passing maps from the season, it, it's that yeah, United are almost completely reliant on those patterns. And hopefully, we get a broader range. One one of the other things I. I I, makes me think about it, is like what Christian Eriksen's role is next season and we saw him die on his ass like over and over again at the 60th minute if he's coming on with 30 left and he's there as an extra creative player because he has got a, he did have a good number of assists before the injury uh, Eriksen that may well be a role that really suits him not really a role that suits someone as much as United are paying Eriksen I don't know whether they'll be getting that much value out of it to, to have him as an impact sub for 300 grand a week. But but still, but it, it might, it may be like that. better. But it might not be like that just because if Hoyland is the striker that we sign, it's just him, then we're not, then he's not going to play every game up front. It means Rashford's going to play some games up front. And it means Mount probably plays left in quite a lot of games to give you creativity from there, but also an extra player in the field. So I would expect, yeah, I'd expect to see him play off the left quite a lot if, if Hoyland is the only striker that arrives. Yeah, and that is really unclear, isn't it? Who who the striker that will arrive? And maybe, will be. 
Maybe he's the one who finally unlocks Jaden Sancho. <laughs> yeah, there, there were reports last week that United were prepared to entertain offers for Jaden Sancho. I don't know how real that is. I, I, I think I'm not ready to give up on him yet. I know we've had this conversation, but I'd like to see, I'd still like to see Sancho at the club next season. I, yeah. and, unless there's something happening behind the scenes, I, I don't know about. And then on the striker thing, the president of Benfica was talking about United being prepared to pay 80 million euros for Ramos. I don't know whether he's just trying to talk up an auction, which, I mean, kind of sounded like it, didn't it? You wonder whether if United really thought they had the budget and the budget was set and they could go off and do it. Of course, there's, you know, there is the takeover shenanigans going on in the background, which appear to be affecting United's ability to make decisions quickly on all of this stuff. Yeah, I'd be quite surprised if we tossed another 80 mil on a speculative centre forward. I just I I would can't be see that. dead shocked. <laughs> so, yeah, yes. Like, fine, if Kane becomes available, they might say, well, let's get dig into that credit facility. But yeah. they're not doing it for Gonzalo Ramos, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, and look, we. Uh, I know a lot of people have talked about the FFP situation. We don't actually know. I think anyone who says they really actually know really don't because the the two, I mean, there's two parts of FFP, even with the new squad cast rule, which is 90% this year, AD 70 in the years to come. We don't know what the costs are that they're allowed to deduct, right? So we can see what the spending is over the three-year rolling period, but we can't see the costs. And United may well be creative with that one as Everton were, and they were very naughty about it. And and interest rates, our interest is deducted from that, I believe. So that would make a difference if, for example, there was a full takeover and it was repaid or or uh, even if there was a partial takeover and it was matured, so, so on. There's a lot of things that could factor into how this plays out for United, including sales. And there have been none, no sales, well, no major sales yet. Uh, and that's probably going to be very important. It's remarkable that they haven't been lining up deals for the players that they want rid of. I mean, Truly what's the delay, is. right? They they know they don't want them. And uh, also, there's some good players there who yeah. do good jobs for other teams. And just for some reason, we're just absolutely useless at getting shot of anything. I mean, with Matt Dunn, you'd, you're looking at Fred and McTominay either or both heading out the door and, and Maguire, unless, unless he wants to dig his heels in and say, hey, I'm not leaving because I really want to play five games next season. He's available yeah, too. I, and, and they do those three would do great at mid-ranked Premier League clubs, of course. And a lower-ranking club should be taking his anger at some point. I mean, just the, the, the inability of selling for anything sensible is just completely... Completely mind-boggling when we look at the business that Chelsea regularly do. Uh, Even yes. getting us to purchase a player they were done with. Yes. So that they could then go and spend it on someone better. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's really, I mean, it's really, isn't it? United took, what, 17 years to put a director of football in place and a, a proper department there that's, that's structured in a way that you'd expect an elite club to to do things uh, and it's unclear whether Murtar and team are just not very good at it or whether they're still being hamstrung by the micromanagement of, of Joel Glazer in the background, which could still be the case, but it shouldn't, it shouldn't impact sales. So 
because I mean, the thing that they'd be worried about is adding adding to the credit card bill, because that will come off the sale price. They shouldn't be worrying about getting more cash in hand, right? None of the sales process should impact United selling players, but it does. Yes. What do you what did you make of the whole snafu around David De Gea's contract? Because uh, it was kind of a bit embarrassing, really. It looks makes United look a bit small time. I mean, I just feel like they offered him something, and then his behaviour was such that they withdrew it. You think uh, he chucked? He chucked the uh, who was he? I mean, it was like the last month of the season where he was regularly chucking I, one in. That was just. I feel like I feel like Tenach has. Like he felt that he would get by with De Gea for another season because he probably had to. And then the behavior was so extreme in, in those last few games that he's decided actually, no, it has to be, it has to be now. And he's absolutely bang on, I think. That for me, I would say I'd, I'd had enough with De Gea that first year of Ole when he cost us Champions League yeah. qualification. But the cup final, the cup final error has made me never, ever want to clap eyes on him again. And the, the, the thing is, I mean, you know, look, I, I think many fans have come to the same conclusion that United need an upgrade there. It's not like, it's not disrespectful to do, to say that, right? Like, let's move on. The weird thing was negotiate a deal which took the, what seemed like the best part of a year to negotiate and then like agree it, shake hands on it. There's no ink on the paper, and then pull the deal and offer a. I mean, right, could be more disrespectful, could you? I mean, even he, if it's just because because he could have kept gold better. Um, <laughs> if you, I, I don't, I don't think that you need to treat people with disrespect, and I don't know exactly what's going on here. So that's not what I'm saying that bad, bad goalkeeping equals disrespectful treatment. But if they give him a contract, he then costs us the cup final and in general performs dreadfully, then the club might think, well, actually the method manager thinks, well, no. Yeah. And the only way, the only lever he has is to withdraw that contract. Okay. But I guess, well, so what have they done now? They've offered a contract that they think is suitable for the backup keeper, basically, because I think, they think they're going to well, go and buy another one. It's probably a contract that they know he won't accept. Yeah. Yeah. You're for, trying to force him to leave now. Yeah, well, is, they don't I have mean, to force him to leave. How... He's got he's out of contract tomorrow, so yeah. <laughs> he's, he's he's due back in for training on Monday, and he'll be training without. I don't know. I mean, I, who knows? I mean, he'll be training without getting paid, presumably. Which oh, will be how's he gonna? I don't know. We need to we need to set him up a GoFundMe. Yeah, maybe we do. Yeah, like we'll we'll pay him on the daily until he's until they, they made a decision. Yeah, yeah. I so I just I feel like. His refusal to get better means that I'm not replete with sympathy for them deciding that actually we need a new goalkeeper. And I can see how it got to this point. It's not hard. Oh, sure. To no, no, it's not hard to see that. I mean, I, I do. I, where, you feel, where it doesn't feel like anyone's behaved in a reprehensible manner, apart from the guy keeping goal. <laughs> I guess what, I guess, I guess, guess the weird thing is that it was kind of odd that United offered the contract in the first place if they thought that they thought that it was time to move on. And, and Ten Hag probably could have made that decision months and months and months ago, not in but at that point, chucked one in the cup final. So. But he's maybe thinking at this point, doesn't have Kane's on the agenda. Yeah. And he knows that if Kane is on the agenda, he obviously knows he has to he has to buy him. And that probably means no new goalkeeper. Plus yeah. you need that goalkeeper to perform for you during what's left of the season. 
So you have to intimate a new contract. And then it's, it's, I, I don't know how this could have been done differently, really, whilst trying to get that keeper to perform for you through to the end of the season. And yeah. that turned out. So maybe they just should have said, no, no new contract. Go and prove me wrong. I don't know. But his, his refusal to improve, yeah, means I just, I don't have that much patience. Yeah. Like he's had a hundred million quid off United. True. So True. True. I, he's not someone for whom I have a massive amount of pity. Well, he can uh, head off to the Saudi Pro League and earn another hundred million if he wants. United could be in the weird situation of starting the first preseason friendly, which is uh, the one against Leeds, I think, or is it Leon that can't remember now? But uh, with Tom Heaton in goal, because I'm not sure Henderson's fit yet, and they may well be selling him anyway, and and Dave may or may not have a contract at that point, and so we'll have uh, 37 year old Tom Heaton who's played something like three games in the last five years. <laughs> so, Get the cohesion awesome. going. Yeah, that's right. It's all it's all a bit odd, but anyway, I, I guess something is moving. There's it's. I, I I was half of the mind that United might end up like, you know, not only the takeover being delayed and delayed and delayed because clearly the the siblings can't agree what the, uh, the 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 exit is here, and that might just delay and delay and delay any business until right at the end of the window, if at all. Um, so well, at least something has Mount- been done. Yeah, because I mean that's what the that's the budget, isn't it? Mount is yeah. the budget, so though that's that's allowed. But who knows who knows what's gonna happen now? And I mean, yeah, the takeover situation also is obviously extremely weird. It does still feel like it's only going one way, and I have abs- I don't really base that on very much apart from conjecture that Capta have more to lose by not winning than Ratcliffe does, because Ratcliffe is doing it for ego and anyone who knows anything about themselves knows how far they're prepared to go for their own ego. Basically, anywhere, everywhere, all the way, yeah. all the time, because we're humans and that's how we operate. But they're doing it for ego and also to alter the geopolitics of the world. And those people will spend, ultimately will throw more money at something than the person who's doing it just for ego. Even though the person who's doing it just for ego will also chuck a lot of money at it. And it looks much worse for Cato, who are an official body, to lose than it does for Ineos to lose. Yeah, and true. I, just... I, I mean, we had the two reports, like the Reuters report last week, which was, I don't know, it felt, there was a lot of yeah, kind of conditional language in that report. And I was like, yeah, if you really believe that your sourcing is rock solid on that one, I don't think you'd have written it that way. And then the Bloomberg report yesterday, which basically said the same thing, but then had the interesting line at the end of it, which said, and the other option on the table is the Glazers remaining in place if an agreement can't be found. To me now, that I hate to say it, but that feels like a win. But versus being taken over by a state or never leave, sure, sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, I... not, it's not a good proposition for the club, sure. But it's better than being a plaything of uh, geopolitical actors and the proxy war in the Premier League, isn't it? The proxy war in the Premier League. I mean, how the fuck did they get to this, Edwards? Oh, I, yeah, I know. I mean, as I said to your Harris namesake on yesterday's pod, <laughs> it's we were very, very close to a hot war between these actors. Like, not an actual, not a proxy war, an actual hot war with guns, and the men with guns like always win these things, right? So, 
it's just yeah the state of and i i it, it feels like i keep thinking of the hemingway quote how do you go bankrupt and he says two ways slowly then quickly slowly and, and, and then and then slowly and then quickly and it feels like that's what's happening with sport that the, the entire sport of golf is now owned by saudi arabia and someone who works in a completely different field told me that even in the two weeks since then the conversations that people are having about where it's now acceptable to take money from yeah. have changed. Floodgates have changed, but, yeah. I mean, but, um, Qatari Investment Fund bought 5% of the Washington Wizards and I think maybe another team as well. I mean, there are restrictions in most US sports are about there ownership. Of, but... Are there a lot of Wizards in Washington? Don't know. Or are, you, are we actually saying that the only reason the Washington Wizards are called the Washington Wizards is because it Washington yeah. starts with were, uh, yeah, and yeah, Wizards so. starts with were. So it's I, not I a think that may be it. of wizarding activity. I haven't spent a lot of time in Washington. It's always very confusing because the streets go A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, K, and one, two, three, four, five, six, and you're like, what? That's <laughs> not, 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 apparently not a lot of imagination in that town on street names and or sports teams. Well, there was, I don't know if this is Shonda Rhimes' imagination, but there was a burger place called Getty's Burger in Scandal. That right. I was quite imaginative, but it probably doesn't exist inside, apart from inside Shonda Rhimes' mind. Very nice. Yeah, but but look, clearly, clearly we've moved from state actors buying pieces of clubs or whole clubs to buying pieces of sport or whole sports in the case of golf. And like, there's there's really no limit. I mean, France, Spain, Italy, all seeking outside money into their leagues. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if a state actor offered up a few billion dollars, pounds, euros to buy part of those leagues at all. I mean, not in the slightest. Wouldn't be shocked if it happened this year as well. Germany turned down private equity money. But private equity money versus state money doesn't look any different when you're a league in, in, in search of money. So, yes. And yes, uh, and the fact that Saudi, they now own their entire league. and players Eight other clubs are state-owned, yeah. It's, it's accelerated very quickly. Yeah. From no one to has-beens to players at their peaks. Who yeah. Who just go for the money. And I... I'm sh- I'm certain that they'll be in the Champions League before long, or some version of it. Yeah, could well happen again. Yeah, and um, in a sense, I would accept that if they would all fuck off to there and leave us with our clubs, and let us get on with doing what we what we do, and they can go and have whoever like Al Hillel against whatever with, and they don't care who plays for them. They just don't want. The, the name Manchester United Football Club to be a, to to be affected by this to have to do with this I don't genuinely like as long as it's United it's enough for me I don't I don't require United to be buying Kylian Mbappe or whoever I just want United to be Manchester United and yeah it's it, it it is interesting I thought the reaction from some quarters within football got it totally wrong and and it is because we the football community doesn't have the language or the experience talking about these issues. But Jamie Carragher's pushback was, this is terrible. Our best players are going there. And I was like, I don't care less. I mean, like it's state money 
Uh, and so that makes it different from what the Premier League has done, which is uh, all a privately successful private enterprise that has been more successful than other European leagues in generating money. And so the Premier League has become fairly dominant, at least in terms of like spending because of that. If there's competition, fine, so be it. It's a bit weird that four of the clubs are owned by, owned by the, the Sovereign Wealth Fund and another four owned by state-run businesses. That's kind of <laughs> weird and different. But yes, it's it's a very different thing, I think, than Saudi owning Newcastle, Abu Dhabi owning City and, and Qatar owning United. And, and who else? Who knows what else will happen after that? I, I do think, though, the goals there are very different. They're internal versus external factors and they they made the make the behaviors quite different as well yeah because it doesn't watch following united is not about watching the best football ever played it's just it just has to be united that's it yeah it doesn't have that's to the that, yeah. that's the only thing i demand from united is that they are Manchester yeah. united and and, and it, being owned by a state in 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 qatar doesn't doesn't guarantee the best football ever played either because we've seen that PSG it didn't and if it's a private bidder which it isn't because I mean seriously but people keep telling me this on on social media then you want to ask where this chap has got his cash from and whether he really has bottomless pockets anyway which presumably he doesn't if he's just a middle manager at a regional bank which is what he is (laughs) (laughs) anyway I have to run it was good to get to get in a few minutes on Mason Mount. I mean, look, it's a deal, isn't it? And I'd, I'm not going to grumble too much about it. It's um, it's a slightly odd one, and I, I don't know whether I'm going to get that excited I think about it. I felt that we needed at least one more really transformative player. Yeah. And I don't think he's it. And no. I don't think it is coming. Yeah. Sad, sad. But uh, yeah, it, I mean, look, there are worse things than not winning the transfer market, as we may well find out this summer. All right, we'll catch you all soon. Thanks, Daniel. Please.